Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Back at the point, play to the other side. From the left wing, they score! Brandon Byro gets the Halloween treat, a call up to the Sabres. Welcome into the big show. It's dark. It's spooky. Unless you're in Marty's well-lit studio. Hi, Marty. Hello, Duffer. Yeah, no, I think uh, I I like Halloween, but I was always a bright Halloween type of person. So I'm <laughs> turning as many lights as I can. What does that mean? Your costumes included. Uh, you clown. Were a light, clown. Clown. You clown. Were a light bulb and clown. One year and a clown. And, and then a clown, clown again. Yeah, yeah. I had the bright orange tuxedo from Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> so it was like did. bright. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's uh, good. this is my. I was, you know what? I for- sports world. So. I didn't tell you this one. I forgot to tell you. One year, I was like an older lady that won a million dollar on the uh, what is the publishing clearing publishers house? clearing house yeah. publishers clearing house so McMahon? i had the big was check that, was that and McMahon i had the, with you as your uh, yeah amory was at mcmahon so she was the guy as <laughs> a girl and i had the big like hair with rollers and i had yeah. the glasses and I had a big bathrobe like i just came out of the room and i was like oh my god i won i won <laughs> that's all i said all night i was, oh. I was like <laughs> Well, I won't ask you how many times you're going to say, we won, we won, we won in the month of November. It's going to be daunting because every month is, it's the NHL. But as October comes to a close here and the Sabres are coming off of a win and a very good one against Colorado, they're going through a little roster um, realignment, if you will, at this point in time, Mm -hmm. because Zach Benson's nagging injury that did have him in the lineup on Sunday and playing on a line with Thompson and Greenway now has him out because of that same injury on a week-to-week basis. So what they've done is recalled Brandon Byro from Rochester. Now, the Amherst are the highest-scoring team in the AHL right now. Byro has not played in all of the games, so he is not the scoring leader. However, if you look back on everything Byro has done in the last two-plus seasons, he has 93 points in his last 91 AHL games. Like the kid has done just about everything humanly possible. He scored the shootout winner in preseason debut this year for the Sabres against the Capitals and had a good camp. 
Um, and he's also mid-20s and I think very deserving of this opportunity. But this is another one of those times where you're sitting there going, they had like options A, B, C, and D here based on how well certain guys are playing down there. Well, I think one of the big things is everybody's probably thinking, oh, what about Kulik, right? What about Savoy? What about Roseanne? What about, like, there's so many names and that's a great problem to have. But those three players, especially Kulik, Roseanne and, and Savoy, are, are bound for Buffalo at some point. You you have you know what you have in them. I I know that you know the talent. You know the, what role they'll fill. You just gotta let them develop to uh, until they're ready. Mm-hmm. With Brendan Byro, this is year four uh, with the Rochester Americans. One, two, three. Yeah, that's year four. Mm-hmm. By the time you're 25 years old, you're hoping to have gotten a chance, especially if you perform like Brendan Byro has performed. Mm-hmm. I mean point a game basically in his last two seasons and this year. So you're looking at it and you say, okay, we have to call him up whenever we have an opportunity. We have to see what he can do at the NHL level, because before you know it, he's going to be 26, 27. You'll lose him because you didn't give him the opportunity to play in the NHL. Get to find out now. And, you know, probably that would have happened last year if he hadn't gotten hurt and, you know, he got hurt. So, he didn't get the call up, but that probably would have been last year. So I'm not saying he was the first one on the call up list, but I think it's the right one to to do right now and to give him that opportunity. You're not playing him on a fourth line. Like right now, he's Correct. skating with Thompson and Greenway. You're basically saying, we're going to give you the chance to show us what you can do. We're going to play you with established NHL players that are that are going right now here. Here's your chance. I think this is a great opportunity and a great decision by the Buffalo Sabres. Now, I do think he was first on the list, which is why he got the recall because of the camp that he had and because mm-hmm. of the missed opportunity at the end of last year. I mean, he was on a torrid pace, I think 20 points yeah. in 12 games down the stretch or down what was his stretch yeah. before injury. And um, so obviously he'd done everything. And interesting timing for all of this in the sense that The power play has been really struggling. Three for 28 on the year. And you just said, what's nice for Byro is it looks like he's going to come in and get an opportunity to play with skilled players. Well, as you can imagine, when you are a catalyst for the highest scoring team in the American Hockey League, Brandon Byro has done some nice work on the power play over these last couple of seasons as well. So I can't help but imagine that he may be afforded and earning some looks on the second power play if they're trying to tweak things here because they have to tweak something at this point in time, Marty. I We all recognize the talent that's on it, the fact that almost everybody involved in the power play had career years last year, but they are in a tough spot right now. They're 27th in expected goals for on the power play. They're ranked 29th overall. There's only two teams that have fewer high danger chances than them on the power play. Like this isn't some anomaly statistic. There are a lot of things that add up to kind of where they are right now. And now would seem like a good time to tinker with it a bit. Uh, maybe a bit. I think I like your approach of saying now viral could come in and be an option on the second power play, because for me, you have to, um, 
You have to let the first power play figure it out. You have to give him a chance to figure it out. These are guys that last year were so hot on the power play that had such chemistry that things were working. The Sabres got on the power play. You knew you had Thompson one-timer. You had the play to Skinner in front of the net, you, the bumper. You had Cousins on the other side. Like, Could there be a tweak on that first power play? Absolutely. Do I think Brendan Byro comes in and plays on the first power play? No. But I think you have to give Dallin and Thompson and Skinner and possibly Tuck uh, and Cousin or, or one of those getting changed uh, the chance to sort it out. But maybe you don't give him a minute 20. Maybe you give him 45 seconds and you say, hey, out. Like you get 45 seconds, you're out. And now you're going with the second unit. So Byro, if on the second unit, would get a chance to use what he's been doing. Like Rochester's power play has been hot. And he is a part of that, you mentioned. So I could see it being Byro on the second unit and telling the first unit, look, we're gonna we're gonna go with a quicker pace. You you may not even start the power play, even though Thompson and Dallin would be the first unit, they may not start the power play just to give it a different look. What might you do to give it a different look beyond Byro? I think we discussed this on the podcast or off air on the podcast yesterday. Like, would you move? cousins off that unit and bring in a middle stat are there options that you see as viable here i think the best option for me is going to casey middle stat instead of dylan cousins on the right flank why because casey is a left-handed shot so then you have a threat i'm not saying that casey middle stat is a one-timer opportunity but he may have a quicker pass across to Tage Thompson. So if Dylan Cousins is a right-hand shot on the right flank and he gets a pass from Dylan, from Darlene at the top, then it's across his body and then he's got to go across his body once more to go to Tage Thompson across. When it's a lefty on the right flank, like Casey Middlestat, if he gets a pass from the left, the top of the, the zone with Darlene, he can go in one motion right across the box to Tage yeah. Thompson. And then that creates quicker passing plays, quicker options. Now, also, if you decide to go down low, for me, I would have Tuck in front of the net and Skinner in the bumper again if you're going to go to Thompson's side. Now, if you're going to go more to the middle middle stat side, if he's on the right flank, I would rotate these two. I would put Skinner in front and Tuck in the middle just because then you have that triangular play that I like to talk about. Quick pass down low to the slot for the one-timer. If you're on middle stat side, Tuck's the one-timer in the bumper. If you like to go to Thompson's side, then Skinner is the one-timer in the bumper. I think it gives you two looks, right? You're not just going to one side because I think when Cousins on the right flank, being a right-hand shot, it takes away some of your options. Well, again, that'll be interesting uh, how all of this unfolds tomorrow night in Philadelphia as the Sabres start a stretch of three and four nights. It'll be Philly on the road, Philly at home, and then at Toronto on Saturday. Um, we mentioned the lines. We mentioned that Benson is out week to week with a lower body injury and that byro has been called up. Uh, we also know that Devin Levi is back on the ice today and Devin Cooley was reassigned to Rochester yesterday. So presumably... This is maybe a dangerous thing. Should never assume or presume, perhaps in these situations. But, you know, you go forward here this week with yeah. Lukanen and Levi as your tandem. And, you know, obviously they've got one more game to go with the uh, Clifton suspension. Um, just where do you think they're at kind of at all positions now coming off of the game that they had against Colorado and the the movement that we've seen on the roster here and a practice today? 
Well, I, you know, on defense, I think that Don mentioned it the other day. He was really happy with Bryson's game. Mm-hmm. Happy with his skating. Happy, happy with how aggressive he was. He looked really good. Um, I think that, look, when Connor Clifton comes back, Clifton's got to be a part of this six. And mm-hmm. he has to continue to take steps forward. There's a lot to learn on the new system, a new team um, for he, Clifton and Johnson, but Bryson came in and he's been in the system. So he fit, he fit right in, but I think you got to give Clifton a chance to get back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Obviously he won't play Wednesday because of his second suspension game. And maybe he plays only one of the two on Friday, Saturday, the same thing with the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this schedule this week is perfect to allow Levi to skate today, to have a morning skate tomorrow possibly back up if everything is good, have a skate on Thursday, a morning skate Friday, possibly back up Friday night or start Friday night and back up Saturday. But you have the back-to-back on Friday, Saturday. So it allows for Levi to have a week of practice before getting a start this weekend. You don't have to rush Levi in on Wednesday night against the Flyers. You don't even have to go against, you know, is it Toronto first and then the Flyers against? I don't, I I, I missed it. It's a Flyers first and then, yeah. Philly, Philly, Toronto. So, you know, you can say both goaltenders are going to get a Philly game and Lukanen is going to get the first Philly game and the Toronto game. Boom. It's easy. I think that often we tend to overthink those kind of decisions. For really? Me, yeah. Oh, okay. I think you're right. You're being sarcastic. I was tongue in cheek. I was going to say, like, you're being sarcastic. Most of, often you tend to overthink these decisions. For me, it's easy. You have Philly twice. You're going to, you're not that you can't go with the same goaltender for both games, but because you have the back to back over the weekend and because Lukanen has experienced the Toronto, you know, mania and, and, and how that happens, you have Lukanen Philly Wednesday, Levi Philly Friday, Lukanen Toronto Saturday, and then you reset for next week. Yeah. Lukanen's had some tough minutes in the, in the crease against Toronto. Um, but, you know, you start every year with a clean slate, and obviously you hope to build off of that game. Just tell him he's playing Colorado. <laughs> oh, don't overthink things, Uko, Pekka, Luke, and then you're playing the Colorado Avalanche every night. That's how, uh-huh. it, that's how it works. Yeah, well, he was really good, and we talked a lot about that on the podcast yesterday. So uh, the goaltending will be what it will be. We know this. Carter Hart's been uh, good for Philadelphia so far. You know, they lost a heartbreaker last night to Carolina. And they're 500 on the year, which has them ahead of Buffalo. And they've had a couple of games. And when we talk about four of the Sabres' five losses where they had games in the third period where they should have got points, Philadelphia should have had a couple more wins here, or at the very least, single points. They have let some go very, very, very late in games. And, uh, you know, they've got a lot more in their lineup than what people think. And obviously, a huge part of that is the return of veterans Couturier and Atkinson. Uh, a former flyer himself, Vinny Prospel, is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. The Amherst assistant coach is, um, well, he agreed to come on based on the fact that the Amherst are the highest scoring team in the league and they have the second highest power play. So, you know, those are all feathers in Vinny's cap right now. So uh, it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be great to have him on and discuss just what his transition to the American Hockey League as an assistant coach has been like. But most importantly, um, you know, the players that, like Byro, are on the cusp of that next call, right? So what is he seeing with them? And as far as last night, Marty, I mean, this is, it's just, an, it was probably inevitable, but there were nine games. There were eight Eastern Conference teams pick up points. There yeah. could have easily been 10 
but Pittsburgh and Philly squandered their games. Um, you know, so I, <laughs> I hope the, uh, you know, the Sabres are not like uh, some of us where you just sit there and watch every single result, but it was a crazy competitive night in the NHL. One goal games, seven of the nine, four of them went beyond regulation time. And uh, you got to say that uh, one of the more newsworthy items to come out of all of this, especially based on us talking about Connor Clifton and his two game suspension would be Charlie McAvoy and just a really unnecessary head hit to Oliver Ekman Larson. You just said it, Duffer. It was unnecessary. And I think there's been a couple of suspensions already this year. There was the Rasmus Anderson, Calgary defenseman that hit Patrick Laine, Columbus, the Connor Clifton one. And Anderson got himself a four gamer, Clifton a two. I think that uh, Charlie McAvoy will get five games or even more because Oliver Eggman Larson had moved the puck a long time before getting hit. He's not eligible to get hit. That's number one. There shouldn't have even been a body check. Two, hit is a headhunting type of play. There was no attempt from Charlie McAvoy to go through the body of Eggman Larson. It's not like Eggman Larson changed his body angle. His body was in the same place the whole time. McAvoy came in, picked the clean, uh, the head clean, sent him down. Larson didn't return. The thing with Connor Clifton is that Nico Isha returned, right? So you're like, okay. But he didn't, though. Then he missed practice. He missed, yeah, and, but. And he's going to miss. I think he missed. Is he? Did he miss a game yet? He might miss this. They didn't play game. yesterday. So, so think, yeah. I don't, but, but here's the thing. He's still returning the game. And then, you know, the looks is, is that, you know, he returned in the game. Um, and, and it was a hockey play. Connor Clifton comes across on a play where he sure gets the puck, tries to get it in. Now it's a bang, bang play. It's a timing play. And obviously Clifton timing wise was not perfect. Got the head of each year instead of the body that to me. Okay. Two games move on. The Rasmus Anderson on Patrick Laine was unnecessary because it was late in the game that was already decided. Uh, and Anderson follows with the left forearm to the head of Patrick Laine. I think that's where the league says, no, if you had gone through the body, but unfortunately the head was not avoidable, that's one thing, but you could have avoided the head because you went with the arm. This one to me is worse. It, it, it's worse than both of them combined. And mm. that's why I say this will be probably, in my opinion, five games at the least. Now, the league may decide four because they've already set the benchmark with the Rasmus Anderson uh, suspension. But for me, that's a five gamer. And, and McAvoy is a good player and he's an honest player, player and he hits hard. But this was unnecessary and dirty. And that's the way it goes. And don't second guess me. I was right all along. He sure did not play on Sunday against Minnesota. Okay, they did have another game, but I remember that he came back and played. I just he I did, but that's never a good sign, right? Like this is the problem with all these. Like, where's the concussion spotter? And I don't know whether it's concussion. You know what I mean? Like this is where. Yeah, it all although being being right. having been there, mm-hmm. often you feel okay because yeah. in the game, oh, like your blood is flowing, everything's going, mm-hmm. and then then the, you go to bed, and then the next day you wake up and you're like, I'm not feeling right. Like no, there's times no. where it's clearly defined right then and uh, right there on the spot, and there's times where it's not. Yeah, and obviously the Devils won that game um, without them, and you know continue to be in a really strong position. I, again, so many of these teams in the Eastern Conference are off to very, 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 very good starts. There's only you know, Columbus, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh that are below 500. 
right now. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable how how significant these teams have been playing. And I mean, it, there were there were many questions coming in as far as standings projections, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of Buffalo's kind of window um, was lumped in with okay, does Ottawa take the next step? Does Detroit take the next step? Or is Buffalo going to be the one out of the three that surges ahead? It's ridiculously early, but you were again reminded last night of the depth of the Red Wings. And yes, the Sabres have beaten the Islanders this year too. Probably should have beat them twice, Mm -hmm. but this was a challenging win. And the Red Wings looked full marks for defeating Sorokin on a night one. Once again, he looked really, really, really good. And they found a way to pump four past him, including the OT winner. I loved the comment from Newsy Lalonde, Derek Lalonde, the head coach of the uh, Detroit Red Wings post game, basically saying, My team was patient. My team stuck to our, our plan. Like it was a one nothing game after two periods. And you're thinking, this may be a one nothing game when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. And the Islanders played exactly the type of game they wanted score late in the second. It's actually a shorthanded goal. And then they get a goal early in the third. And you're like, it's two nothing Island. That's, that's going to be it. And Detroit really stormed back. And their goals were beautiful goals. They were fast goals. They were creative goals. Um, I, I, I thought, to me, this was the biggest surprise of the night, more than even Montreal getting a point against Vegas because of the way the game was being played. The Islanders don't lose when they're up to nothing early in the third. They shut it down. Sorokin was the shutout king last year. He's able to close those games out. And then he gives up four in a period and a little bit more. Um, high marks on Detroit for the way that they are being able to uh, uh, to attack the games and scored that many goals in the early going of the season. Six, three, and one on the wings. The Islanders actually had to come back to get the point because they were down yes. three, two, and then tied it. So I'll tell you what, though, that Raymond celebration, facial expressions, <laughs> one of the best I've ever seen in a regular season game. This kid was so pumped for this victory. And, you know, so there's another three-point game. Carolina was able to get by Philly in regulation. The Ducks, Marty, this might be the most odds-defying moment we see in the regular season this year. They were in good place throughout the game. And then, despite already having given up two power play goals, They took back-to-back penalties (laughs) with less than 220 to go in regulation. You're putting the vaunted Penguins power play on a five-on-three for basically the remainder of the game in their building. And Mason McTavish comes out of the box at four-on-five and scores a breakaway game-winning goal. The Ducks sweep their road trip with wins in Boston, Philly, and Pittsburgh. What do I always say, Duff? Duffer, what do I always say? Know the time, know the clock, know the time, know the clock. How does nobody on Pittsburgh, and Eric Carlson is the guy at the blue line, not think I should back out? I should back out here because the, the penalty is expiring. And Smolkin and Carlson at the blue line, I believe, and nobody backs out. And then all of a sudden, it's a nice little pass to Mason McTavish who comes in and just puts in the top net. Like he just comes in with a shot and Eric Carlson was right there to lift the stick in the last second, could not get there. So for me, that was that. It was also the, look, I, 
Uh, funny enough, I, I haven't seen a lot of the Anaheim Ducks this year. They're not the team that is on my circle, the team. They should list. be. They're well, they might now. be. They may become one of them, but they're not yet. So I haven't seen if Greg Cronin, the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks, is a hot type of coach. Um, I had a conversation with Randy Carlisle this morning. I know that Randy Carlisle would be that hot coach, oh, yeah. even though he's, he told me he's never gotten kicked out of a game before. Well, most coaches never. don't. It's really rare. It's rare. But Greg Cronin got kicked out of the game last night. He was hot. He was heated. So unsuccessful challenge yep. on a goal against... Uh, no. Uh, no, a goal for that was waved off. Terrible call, by the way. I would have been as mad as he was. Um, yeah, I've, I actually... Felt like, that there it's, was it's no not his fault that Eric Carlson is weak. Exactly, and I, I didn't think there was goalie interference. It was, I, I thought there was a weak call. Carlson, but anyway, Carlson lost his balance a little bit in a in a push in front, and then leaned on his own goalie goal in, in the a way crease. to re- in, in trying to recover. And yeah, anyway, neither here yeah. nor there. And, Carl, and, but Carlson but was it was waved. Enough. It was waved off on the ice, and then the league felt like well. If it was, you know, it's one of those where whatever the call on the ice will stand, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely did not like it. So Cronin is mad. He gets the unsuccessful challenge. They give up a power play right after, and that's when everything unleash, <laughs> unleash, right? So he's yelling at the refs. He's getting tossed out. Um, but for me, for me, the fact that Mason McTavish is now like, oh, what happened? In the end, he lost you. Oh no. Spalding like Wi-Fi premature coming in at 1224 today. Oh, we're down in audio. See, this is actually we were trying to replay Greg Cronin's audio, but we we would have had to mute him as well. So we didn't want Marty doing a full on replication of the Ducks coach who got tossed. Yeah, he's still down. He's down a mic. Tell you what, this is interesting timing. We'll take the break on this note. And I hope that Vinny Prospel is technically sound, along with Marty, as we continue Sabres Live right after this. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. 
in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.